Robert Half research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. I didn't know that. I didn't either. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. Interesting. Mm. That's why you need Robert Half. Yep. I don't think that's a person. That's the company. Okay, I was confused. Yeah, their specialized recruiting professionals engage with their proprietary AI. Welcome to connect businesses... Of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing, and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. See, at Robert Half, they know talent. I wish I had had Robert Half back in the day oh, when I was hiring. Okay. So, no offense, Sona. Oh, it, it, I feel like you did mean to offend me. Yes, you wouldn't be here if I had had Robert Half. Okay. Visit roberthalf.com today. Mother's Day is May 12th. And in advance, Sona, happy Mother's Day. Oh, thank you, You're Conan. a terrific mom, and your kids are here today with Did us. you get me a present? I'm Well, it's not May 12th yet, but oh. I'm getting you one. Okay, thank yeah. you. Well, guess what? Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. You can shop by price category or browse curated gift lists ranging from for the mom who has everything to the gifts that are already wrapped and ready to be gifted. I oh, like when you can so go by easy. price because I can go right down to the bottom. Oh, <laughs> Getting lies of something for a dollar. Sorry, baby. (laughs) Top gifts include Beats headphones, digital photo frames, Polaroid cameras, and the Samsung smart TV, The Frame. Oh, yeah. Shop now at Macy's.com slash gift finder. And happy Mother's Day, moms. Mm. Hello, my name is John Bernthal. And I feel extraordinarily lucky about being Conan O'Brien's friend. That is really nice. Hello, welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. I had to take a second there before we started because um, Sona was yelling in the uh, podcast studio. Because you two are being dicks. (laughs) Well, I don't think that's the right energy to start a friendly show that basically has a, is meant for children. Oh. (laughs) This is a a show by children for children. On an intellectual level, yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Sona, what was, you and Gorley were shouting about something and I was just trying to get you to stop talking long enough and shouting so that I could start the, the program. That's all. First of all, it's hard to have a human moment in this room because every time we talk about something fun, you're like, let's record it. Because right. I want to capture the essence. Can't some things just be between us? No, yeah. no, no. It almost be recorded and then monetized. <laughs> mm, filthy, filthy riches, rubies, gold. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, Sona, you uh, and um, Gorley were shouting about your eyebrows what was that all about? It's about hair removal. Right. I don't want to talk about this because I upset Sona and I feel bad. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Oh. I don't know. You know, I, you know what? Hmm. I shouldn't have gotten upset. No, I think you were in the right. No, that's not true. I shouldn't, but I reacted. I always react at a 10 when I should react at like a two. But you had reason to react. I know. And we at least conflict Can we, we at least let yeah. people know what the nature of the <laughs> disagreement was? Sure. Well, I started off by saying, you know, listen, <laughs> I have certain, there's, are, <laughs> what? Just say it. 
I'm a, I'm a hairy person and I have eyebrows that if I don't take care of them, they become a unibrow. That's just Oh, curse. is that is that true? Your eyebrows are beautiful. Thank you. Have very you. Nice that's that's cuz Alma shapes them and takes care of Who's them. Who's Alma? Alma's my Alma's my girl. Oh, and she does it with your permission. It's not like she comes in the night. <laughs> you wake up. Alma. <laughs> mind it and then and then matt says you also said you have a unibrow yeah. i was like oh do you just take care of it yourself and then you said the way you said it I, right yeah so what what you have just you, snapped your, your eyebrows would grow together if you didn't intervene yeah i have what would connect like i, I wouldn't call it like a london bridge but it's like a rope bridge you know like it, it gets connected. it has a little bit of a sag to it yeah it's like a raiders of the lost ark exactly bridge. Yeah. yes yeah. it's like a um uh, actually it's temple of doom but let's you know go ahead all right how about the man who would be king kind of bridge. There we go. Okay, yeah. yeah. With There's Sean Connery. And right. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Oh, and Michael Caine. Yeah, that's an I, amazing, that's a great movie. I what agree. year, what year? 64? Of course Oh, no, much later than that. I don't that's know. That's a movie from the 70s. Okay. Someone check, please. I'm going to say that's 19, oh boy, that could be <laughs> 74. Raiders of the Lost Ark? No, oh, no, no. Eduardo, where, Eduardo, where are Jesus you? Christ. The man who would be king. Uh, now, we went from unibrows to, I'm going to say 74. I'll say 73. <clears throat> 1975. Oh! God. And your first guess was 64. Interesting. So anyway. Oh, um, you were uh, wrong too, though. You uh, were wrong also. Oh, yeah. Off yeah. my whole year. Yeah. But you were still wrong. Movie I haven't seen in many still, years. Uh, I still wrong. was able to name Anywho, the cast. And uh, Sean Connery in it, who you claim to love, but don't even know the year of one of his great movies. Anyway, my point is this. <sighs> I don't even have eyebrows. You two are complaining about your eyebrows. You can I'm the mine. Dick Gephardt of comedy. <laughs> Look it up, kids. It's a funny reference. Who's Dick Gephardt. Exactly. Why can't you guys be better? 1964. <laughs> no, I'm one of those guys who have my eyebrows are so faint. Yeah. That whenever this morning I had to do a thing, uh, a friend asked if I would a, a, appear on a, a little uh, short segment with him for a morning show and I said sure eyebrow talk no it wasn't called eyebrow talk that show's been canceled <laughs> okay. um, <laughs> replaced by monobrow corner but I um, I went on the show and of course they spend the first 10 minutes giving me eyebrows I don't have and one of the things is that sometimes they overdo it and I come out of there and it looks like <laughs> someone has taken two pieces of electrical tape and put them over my eyes. Yeah. Groucho. And I'm, yeah, I'm suddenly Groucho Marx. No, not uh, Faye Dunaway. What was, who was the, uh, Joan, Joan, Joan Crawford. Crawford, yeah. Crawford yeah. yeah. So anyway, you were saying, Sona, and, and back to the important part, that you need constant management of your eyebrows. Yes. How often does this woman need to tend to them? Every Four weeks, I think. Wow, okay. Three or four weeks. Would you ever want to just let them go just to see what happened? It I might... did. I'd like when? to see that. I bet you look good. During the pandemic. Really? During the pandemic? Yeah. And what happened? Did they just, you got crazy? They just, they were all over the place. Right. You, know? you and... probably didn't know when it was raining. Like they just, <laughs> they, caught all, they caught all the water. <laughs> Like, you just looked at me like, am I okay? Come on. Did I go too far? Help me out, please. No, no, no. no. I just was like, you're outside. And everyone's like, we got to get inside. It's pouring on you. Like, what are you talking about? It's not raining. These giant barriers. And your friends are huddled under. Yeah. <laughs> That's when you notice people. Have you ever noticed people? Uh, Don't stare at me. So, Sona, in a rainstorm, have you ever noticed friends of yours gathering underneath you? Hello? Is this I thing on? I don't want to be a part of this. Is why, this thing on? Why are you getting me to do this? I apologize. Why? I know. And I appreciate that. 
That's why I like Matt more. And I um, am glad that I captured this moment because uh, this was an argument that was going to go unheard by the public. I'm also glad that I brought back the memory of Dick Gephardt, a famous politician a long time ago who had no eyebrows. Yeah. What an incredible thing for me to remember. Do you want to say anything to me about that joke about people gathering under my eyebrows when it rains? Yeah. I think if you, I think, I think it's a good visual. I think it's a funny gag. I think it's a solid joke. Wait, oh, you wanted an apology. Oh, 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 yes. I'm not asking, uh, rate your joke. When are you ever going to not rate your joke poorly? Eduardo, what did you think about huddling under the eyebrows? Hilarious. But the friends, the friends comment was, I thought Gordy made that comment. What are you doing? Who do you think you are throwing me under the bus? You're new here. I'm talking about a vulnerable situation where I'm hairy and you guys are just making jokes about it. Well, I kind of can because I have a unibrow. Yeah. So I'm not joking. So you feel like, I see. Yeah. And I take offense at what you're saying. Yeah. 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 And that's why we got in a bit of a fight. Yeah. And that's true. Yeah. Yeah. You don't even have eyebrows. Loser. I know. Matt Smith. Yeah. I'm a real Dick Gephardt. I'm telling you, it's a funny reference. If, Look it up. If it didn't work the first time, it's not going to work the it's second time. It's a podcast. How do we know it's not working? I hear so many laughs out there. This hasn't gone out yet. It yeah. will. Yeah. And I hear so many future laughs out there. People in rental cars all across America are howling at this one. <laughs> People on their pods. <laughs> what? Earbuds. Oh, God. Oh, what is happening? Okay. Uh, we got to get started. We, yeah, well, we haven't God. even covered why we got in a fight in the first place. Is that not important? I don't care. That's don't... true. Because I said, it? oh, do you do them yourself? And then I need you to replicate the I tone. I got snarky. Yeah. Okay, so, I... so say what happens. So, no, re- well, recreate. well, Matt was saying, I was like, hey, do you tweeze your own middle of the eyebrows? And I said, no, my wife does it. Yeah. Because I thought you were saying like, do you have some fancy schmancy person that comes and does it? Well, turns out that's a real thing I didn't really realize. So I was yeah. making a joke about, no, I I take care of my eyebrows like the common man. What does. kind of tool do you use? I don't know. Sometimes if I'm just trimming my beard, I'll just razor it off with the electric razor. Sometimes yeah. I'll just shave it with a, a razor razor if mm-hmm. I'm shaving. I mean, I'm just, you know, devil may care. I'm a common man, a blue collar worker. Yeah. yeah. You have eyebrows. They're just blonde. Yeah, I I, I do have eyebrows. They're yeah. just very, very light. And yeah. um, that must be hard because most of your whole like life is you're doing weird faces. Yeah. You know, like you're like, Doo. you're less yeah. a get part and more of a Mondale. What? <laughs> wow, you two. Wow, you two. Welcome Welcome to 80s a go go. These are 80s references that even that weren't even funny in the 80s. Next year you're going to be doing Where's the Beef? Yeah, we lost so many of our young listeners just now. But young that's okay. Listeners. We lost them a long time we, we ago. We never had them. That's not true. Uh-uh. I'm really down with the kids. Ugh. I'm really down with the kids. Yeah. Cool people don't say things like that. Though. It's true. When they're off in the clubs listening to Beck's. You know, loser baby. Loser baby. (sighs) Okay, let's get going. Okay. My guest today. I'm excited about this gentleman. He's a very talented actor. Yeah. Who played Shane in The Walking Dead and starred in the Netflix series, The Punisher. Uh, He also has his own podcast. I really like it. It's called Real Ones and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I I said it before. I'm excited to talk to him today. Uh, He's a good man. A very talented gentleman, John Bernthal. Welcome. You know, I've always liked you. You came on our show a couple Mm -hmm. of times. We clicked and I was all excited you were coming on the show. And then I suddenly had an attitude about it this morning. An attitude? Yeah, and I'll tell you why. (laughs) Tell me. Because 
a guy who works here, Aaron Blair, we call him Blay. Yeah. It's just before you're going to be here and everyone's excited that you're coming in. Oh, Everyone here is a big fan. Oh man. And Maybe I'm excited that you're coming everybody. in. No, I mean, I'm excited <laughs> that you're coming in. And then Blay says, yeah, he's such a, he's man. He's, he's just amazing, amazing. He said, you know, it's weird. And he wasn't doing a joke. He said, Conan, in a lot of ways, he's your opposite. <laughs> And I was like, what? And he went, you know, because he's so cool. And he's like a real man's man. And I was like, no, no, seriously, seriously. Yeah, and everyone in the playing. room was like, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, he's the, uh, he's like, he's like the alternate. And they meant it in the nicest way about oh. you. Um, and then I suddenly, I was like, shit, I think they're right. I, I, so I, I was I strongly disagree. Listen, so I was yeah. just going to say, mm -hmm. I was very tempted when you came in to, to fight and, to fight you, <laughs> yeah. but to wait until some moment when you were vulnerable. You know, I want to do it. I want to <laughs> come at you when you don't expect it. I wanted uh, Gorley to distract you, and I, I wanted to. to. I wanted to have like a large stick or something. <laughs> to, to, oh. So I was going to wait in a completely un and still you would have taken the broken stick out of my hand. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. You know what's crazy is I have these memories uh -huh. of, of of doing your show, and you were so, you know it's such a horrifying thing to do those shows, you know, when you're, when you're, you're starting out and you were so good to me. And one time I forgot my shoes. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have it. You probably have no, no memory of that, but you gave me your own personal shoe. They were way too big. And I wore them <laughs> on the show and you were so good to me. And, and then I, and then you, you left with my fucking shoes. <laughs> and ever since then, and you wear them, even as the Punisher, right? you were wearing my shoes, right? which didn't right. even fit the character. Uh, they really That's not what Frank yeah. Castle would wear. And right. I was like, why the fuck is he wearing my shoes? But I remember seeing you at, I think it was, it was at one of these Hollywood, I never go to these things, but it was at Lizzie Kaplan's oh, yeah. birthday party, yes. like on the, 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 the great the Chateau, Lizzie Kaplan, the, the best in the world. And so I love smart, Lizzie. And so, so funny. Yeah. And I saw you there and I was literally like, can I, I've been on your show. Can I go say hello to you? What? And I did, <laughs> yes. I was too shy to do it, man. Oh, that's ridiculous. So there it goes for Blay or whatever his name is. Nah, man. It's right over there yeah. in the oh, corner. you, dude. <laughs> nah, man. Yeah. I, me and him are the same. I'm as insecure as they get, man. I was like, shit, I wish I could go. And I literally was one of those like, should I, shouldn't I, should. And I totally, totally okay, went so John, here's how we, we, here's how one of the ways we're different. Just before we started rolling mm -hmm. on this, we were chatting and the conversation started to get really good. And I thought, wait a minute, why aren't we rolling yet on this podcast? That's how fun it is to talk mm. to John. And I was like, we gotta, we gotta get going on this. And the reason I wanted to start rolling is that you were telling a story that I can't tell. Yes, I You am. were telling a story about being at a, it's the day before a wedding. Oh, I saw Karen. And you wedding. got yep. hit. Yep. I, you got into a fight and someone hit you with a bar stool from behind. Guess what? <laughs> I don't have a story yeah. like that. <laughs> it's not, but look, by the way, just to just to be clear, I was I was trying to break up a fight and 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 and, and I got hit over that. We were talking about doctors and getting hurt on things like motorcycles yep. when you make bad decisions. Yep. And I will never forget I did. We had gotten into a fight. There's a lot of ex-pro fighters or pro fighters in Sean's family, and I was trying to break Break up the fight, not fight. And a guy hit me from behind with one of those outdoor uh, bar stools, oh. and and I got knocked out for a second. And and I I I got I had to get all these staples across my head, and they shaved that part of my head. And I had all this dried blood because I couldn't uh, shower, you know. And then I had to do my best man speech, looking like freaking Frankenstein. <laughs> but I will never forget the look of disgust in the doctor's. You know, I was I went there to be treated, and it was just like you fucking. 
idiot. Like, like I don't, I, I have to he spend was mad my at, time. He was mad at you. Of course he was. Cause I'm out there. Probably he thinks I'm talking smack at a bar and got, he th- probably thought I totally had it coming. And you know, I try to sort of, you know, sell my side of the story to him. He wasn't interested at all. <laughs> but and John, so, John, you don't understand. You have a story about getting, breaking up a bar fight. By the way, if a bar fight breaks out, yeah. I don't break it up. Okay, I quickly, I quickly, I run and I start swiping for an Uber. Okay, all my stories, all my stories involve going to the hospital. Revolve around like "Mm, the medication they prescribe. I put a little too much cream on my hand. Mm, Slightly raised reddish area. And yours is I. Man, I'm trying to break up a bar fight. I get hit with a stool. Yeah, that's bad. how we're different. I've got to be more man. like you. I think you would have done the teach same. Teach me thing. to be like you. Oh no, man. Oh no, Please. you teach me, man. I, it, it, I'm not. I'm not the least bit proud of that. But I, I, I will say that, doctor. I could feel the palpable <laughs> disgust, and and that is why I do ride my motorcycle. And my wife did sort of make a deal with me years ago. She said it's either boxing. Or the motorcycle. And that day I, I I rolled my motorcycle down the street and I gave it to, there was a, a guy, uh, old Phil, who lived down the street, an old army vet. I gave him my motorcycle. But now, because I think because of that bar stool, I get such terrible headaches when I box. I've quit sparring and I've quit mixing it up in the ring. So I'm back to the motorcycle now. But I am so afraid that if I do get hurt, the doctor is going to look at me with that same <laughs> level of disgust. Because this is a decision that I made myself. You know, right, right. Stop yeah. going to that doctor. <laughs> yeah, this do- maybe this doctor's like this with everybody. You think that's right? Yeah. Maybe when like a, a, a 75-year-old woman comes in and says, I think I have chest pains. You disgust me. <laughs> Weakly. You suck it up. With your weak third ventricle. <laughs> Lupus, how dare you? <laughs> a blood disease. Uh, you know, it's funny because... Um, I'm a massive fan of yours. And I first, like a lot of people, I first saw you on The Walking Dead. And that's when you started coming on the show and you just pop on the screen. You're so authentic. Mm-hmm. You're so, and and you have such power as an actor. And it surprised me when I learned later on, you didn't figure out that you had this, that acting was a possibility till a little later in the game. You were in college, right? Yeah, yeah. It was, it, it, you know, there just wasn't really anything kind of around me growing up that, 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 that made me, you know, I had nobody really in my life that, that, that did it. And, right. and, um, you know, I don't know, I think now, you know, being a dad and seeing, seeing my kids and, and, you, you know, my kids like to play with action figures a lot. And, right. and, and I saw, I saw my oldest son, Henry, the other day kind of doing, I used to do that a lot. I used to play these little games and act out parts. And, and, uh, so I guess I was doing a lot of that. I think I had a pretty wild imagination, but yeah, no, no, no real, no, no real window into it. Didn't do a lot of youth theater. That's for sure. Yeah. Right. Well, you were very heavily into, you know, boxing. I was, yeah, I was into uh, some martial and, arts and some boxing, a lot of sports, baseball, football. And, and just, I was just kind of a knucklehead. I just kind of w- was, was getting into trouble left and right and really kind of lost. Honestly, I had really good friends, but, um, yeah, I, 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 I think I lacked, I think I lacked direction. So you feel like it could have gone badly for you, 100%. but you, but, but you, got off on the wrong exit or you took the right turn and that got you into acting. 
Yeah, look, I mean, I I I I met a woman. Uh, I, I was blessed to meet a woman in in, in college. Uh, I took a uh, an acting class literally by accident. Um, I thought I was signing up to intro to theater, which was going to be 150 people in a big theater. I thought I could maybe drop acid and watch movies. That's what I heard. That was the middle of the street. Uh, but I ended up like, being the complete. I took so many courses because of that. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So, but being the shit bag that I was, I ended up, uh, you know, in this small intro to acting class with very serious, you know, acting majors and, 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 and kids who really took it seriously. And I'd never really been around kids like that before. And, um, you know, there was an exercise that, that, that we had to talk about. Uh, we had to bring in something that was really important to, to us and share it with the class, like a game of show and tell on steroids and, and, and the level of emotion that these kids had sharing these objects. I just couldn't believe it going on for 10 minutes about, you know, some corn cob pipe that their pap pap had given them or, <laughs> right, or you right, know, some, right. some blues traveler CD that their boyfriend had given them. And then it got to me and I forgot, I, I just didn't have anything. I, I totally, you know, as, as, as always just totally botched the assignment. So I just grabbed my catcher's glove before I was going to baseball practice. And I launched into this story about how my, my mom had died and she gave me this glove on her deathbed. And my mom is totally alive and well. <laughs> and, 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 and as I was telling the story, I'm like crying my freaking wow. eyes out and everybody in the room is, is crying their eyes out. I'm like, whoa, 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 hang on y'all. I'm just, I'm just doing the acting. I, I, I like, I don't, and this woman, Alma Becker, I, I have her tattooed here. She, she, she cleared the class out and like ripped me apart for violating the sanctity of her studio. But then she was like, you know, you, you you've got something and your punishment is you got to, you got to audition for this, this play that I'm directing. And that was my first show. And then after, you know, I didn't finish school. I got in some, some pretty big trouble and Alma came to me again. And, and she said, look, if you really want to do this, I'll get you an audition to, to go to Moscow and uh, the Moscow art theater. And that's the reason why I went out there. And she really, she, she, she really saved my life and, and ended up marrying my wife and I. And I mean, it's a true testament to, I just think that the power of, of educators and teachers and believing in somebody, especially somebody who's lost and, and, and who has no real great talent or no, you know, I could fight a little bit. I could, I could play a little bit of sports, but I wasn't going to do anything special with them, but she saw something in me and, and, and she jumped on it. I think now as a parent, I'm even more, there's this new profound kind of understanding or, or, or gratitude that, that, that I have for her and for teachers in general who, who do that. And I just, I hope that these people, you know, come into my kids lives, you know? Well, they will. I mean, that's the other thing too, is I, I reflect on my life. There's several key people along the way. Sure. And I think the fact is, is that, um, I don't know what I love most about this is, is, uh, how often you fail and, and how often you don't know what the hell you're doing and how, how terrified you are before something starts. And, and I think, you know, embracing that and diving into that is, 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 uh, uh, at least for me, that's, that's, that's something that I, 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 I try to do. Um, but I'm also really, really aware that this could have gone either way so many times. And I think the the humility of, of, of understanding that it's really the, the, the buoys along the path. It's these great people that led you this way or this way. If, if, if you're not really aware of that, you're not going to see them 
you know, as you keep going. And, and, and for me, it's not just um, the great teachers that I had in Russia or those great coaches that I had. I mean, my, my best friend, Dougie Thornell, we grew up watching movies together. That's what we did. And we would sneak into Goodfellas and watch it over and over again. We snuck into Silence of the Lambs, watched it over and over again. And it was so long, so long. I mean, decades before I'd ever be able to, you know, sort of exercise those kinds of muscles as an artist. I mean, my first five, 10 years, I was a tree or I was, you know, I was these old sort of avant-garde, you know, Bertolt Brecht characters that had nothing to do with the stuff that I was raised on. But it was always, I still to this day, anything I do, I try to take it back to the Dougie Thornell test. The two of us sitting on his couch used to duct tape the, the, the remote control to a ping pong ta- uh, paddle and, and, and he would laugh his ass off at stuff. And he would, and I'm like, would this make Dougie laugh? You know, what would this do to Dougie? And right. it's, it's a huge, it's a huge part of everything that I do. And I want to, I want to find the next person and you never know who that person's going to be. And it's oftentimes I think not the genius that we think we're going to cross. It's this, this person that comes into our life. And if our, our, our hearts are open, our eyes are open, we'll see it. You know, it's only a matter of time until your check engine light comes on, which could equal an expensive repair bill, and a new engine can cost up to $6,000. Don't I know it? But this is why you need this product I'm about to mention right now. Okay. CarShield. Mm. CarShield offers plans with low monthly rates that you can pay for your expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. It's so nice to have that protection of CarShield. I know. I believe. That's my belief. Some people have other beliefs, maybe religious beliefs. I think CarShield. CarShield plans provide protection on up to 5,000 major parts and systems, including items like transmission, Mm. engine, even your entertainment system. Mm. Just call CarShield and choose the mechanic to do the work. CarShield administrators will handle the rest and save you money. Look, I saw your car today. You've got a beautiful car, but you've got to haul your family around in this car. This is a vital piece of machinery for you. You need Car Shield. I do. And you know, I you know I don't take care of my cars very well. So Car Shield it would definitely come in. You know, and also with their A rating from the BBB, don't ask me, Car Shield is the name you can trust to save you money on covered auto repairs. Now's the time to make the smart choice to protect yourself from the sky high auto repair bills. Visit carshield.com slash Conan. Save twenty percent today. Again, that's carshield.com slash Conan to save twenty percent. Visit carshield.com slash Conan to lock in your price today. I got to say, everywhere I go, people are talking about Monopoly Go. And for good reason. It's an absolute hit. Yeah. I love Monopoly. People love Monopoly. And look, Monopoly's been around for a very long time. It's one of the oldest board games ever. Okay? Okay. But lately I walk around and I just hear like, Monopoly Go, Monopoly Go, Monopoly Go. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? What are you guys talking about? And they say, we're playing Monopoly Go. You can play it with your family, your friends. It's a straight delight. There's always something new to do. Partner events where you can build on each other's boards and crazy tournaments with team events you can recruit your friends for. Or you can just compete to outdo them all on the leaderboards. Mm. And when you're not messing with your family and friends, Monopoly Go is always throwing new stuff at you. They have taken Monopoly to the next level. I didn't think Monopoly had to go to the next level, but they did. (laughs) (laughs) There's timed events like massive multipliers for all your winnings and challenges like treasure hunts or money sprees that have 
fun new mini games. Plus, with tons of rewards to collect, like stickers for trading with friends and hilarious emojis that are perfect for gloating, there's always a reason to dip back in. Yeah. Man, they cracked it, you know? They did. So join the fun. Download Monopoly Go now free on the App Store and Google Play. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all sometimes have issues or things we need to talk about, get off our chest. I have that all the time. Don't you, Sona? I do. Yeah. And we need people to talk to. And we carry around different stressors. We carry big stressors. We carry small stressors. Uh, I was raised in a culture where you're supposed to kind of bottle it up. And I've learned over time that that's not the best thing to do. If you do let things rattle around in there for a while without talking it out, it can affect your life very negatively. Well, therapy is a safe space where you can get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. BetterHelp's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. A lot of people have a barrier towards getting therapy because they think, well, I don't know, I've got to find the person, talk to them. What if I? it's not a good match? I, then it's awkward. None of that. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Conan today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Conan. You know, it's interesting to me that you get on The Walking Dead and you're on it from the beginning and it's such this iconic character you get to play and you really nail it. And then famously, you're killed not just once, but twice. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. because yeah. you can't you can't take John Berntal out with just one. You gotta, <laughs> he, 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 trust me, I've tried. He's just, <laughs> this man will not die. And so- you get off the series. And so there are a lot of people that might think, and then that's just, obviously the series is just starting to gain momentum. And so there might be some people that would think, well, shit, that was, I wish I could have stayed on for 10 years, 11 years. Mm -hmm. But actually I think for someone like you, that frees you up for sure. In its own way, it's a gift because then you get to go, go on and do all these other things and, and show who you are and show different sides of yourself. Of course. Yeah. It's always, um, I really try to exercise, not, not, not calling it, not, not, not saying it's one way or the other, uh, uh, you, you know, um, sure. At the time I was like, well, this is right. This is just in line with everything else that's ever happened in my life. You know, it's like, here we are. I finally got on the show. It's finally taken off and boom, they got me the hell out of there, you know, like pack up your shit and go. And, and I remember going back to the walking dead to go pick up my truck. And I remember like walking out and seeing them sort of shoot this first episode that I wasn't going to be in. And I wanted to go say goodbye to everyone. And instead of saying goodbye, I just sat on this rock in the woods and just watched this beautiful sort of symphony of the barn was on fire and there were all these zombies. And I saw Norman doing his thing and Scott Wilson, rest in peace, just standing out mm -hmm. on the, you know, bellowing and, and uh, just this beautiful, you know, crew and these people there in my family. And I saw them all working and, and I just palpably understood that's, that that's, you know, I'm not part of that anymore. That's they're they're doing their thing. And I sat there and I weeped and, you know, I felt sorry for myself and I knew it was over. And um, look, I, 
you know, the only thing I can, I, I, I can look at uh, with Walking Dead is just unbelievable, just full gratitude yep, and yep. just full gratitude. Like what a, what a privilege, what an honor, what a, what a thing to, to, to play a character with a real beginning, middle and end, but more than anything, you know, Steven and Norman and Scott and Melissa and irony and Sarah and, and, and Andy, I mean, these, these are like lifelong friends who, who really taught me how to be an artist and a father and a husband all at the same time and to, to, to trim so much fat off your life and whittle it down. And, and those are the guys, those are, are, are my closest friends, you know, in, in, in this business. And you, I mean, you know, those guys, I mean, they're, they're beautiful human beings. Yeah. We've I've interviewed just, I think I've interviewed everyone you've mentioned. They're great people. Great people. I would have handled that differently. I would have been sitting on the truck and watching them shoot a scene without me now that I'm gone. And I would have just... <laughs> started screaming, <laughs> I don't fucking need you. Ruining every day. You needed me. And they'd be yeah. like, Conan, can you please, you had two good years, yeah. and roll, let's yeah. go, action. Can we get him out Fuck of here? Fuck you. <laughs> and then I'd do like donuts in my truck, right, and right, right. be knocking over zombies, right. they'd be like, come on, man. Right, 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 Blaring some Danzig. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't know, man. I, I, you know, I, I'll say it. I just like, you know, you'll regret this. Yeah. And anyway, you know, like, I, I think it's, it's also okay to, 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 to feel a second of that pain or to, yeah, to, yeah. to wonder and, 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 uh, but yeah, looking back at it w w without a doubt, you know, doing that show was the best thing that ever happened to me in, in my career. And then I think getting killed off was the best thing yeah. that, that ever happened to me in my career. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm flabbergasted and grateful for, for all of it. I want to ask you about your podcast sure. because I've been listening to it and I really like it. And I, I think one of the things you're doing on it, which I, which I think is great is, you know, obviously we do, uh, two versions of this. One is I talk to people like you, people in the business, people who are known, celebrities. Mm -hmm. And then we do another one where I talk to fans that have a question for me just around the world. And I've found that it's not that I prefer one to the other, but but I, when I'm talking to um, just, you know, I could be talking to someone in Eastern Africa or someone mm -hmm. in, in, in living literally in like uh, Wales and they have a question for me. I find that there's so much discovery there just talking to uh, folk out yeah, in the world. Sure. And I know that a big thing on on your podcast is trying to find people that have like a compelling story, but it's not about whether anyone would know them or not. Yeah. And look, I love that. I love that about your your podcast. And and uh, I, 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 I think, uh, unlike you, you, you know, you're incredible at this. You're, you, you know, people, uh, look, there might be a few people that listen to this because they're John Bernthal fans to this episode, but the, the people are listening for you because you're hilarious and you're insightful and you know how to great, get great Well, as we've learned, there's a lot of people that are listening for Sona and for Matt too, yeah, which by the way, frustrates me to no end. <laughs> oh, I'm sure no. it does. Um, we're trying to weed those people out. You're welcome to- Are we? <laughs> yeah, oh. I don't think so. Yeah, no, I don't think us. we are. I think we're good. Yeah. 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 No, but you know, it's interesting because, um, I mean, this is one of the reasons I want to talk to you is I was listening to your podcast and you have the the thing that I think is so important, which is you really are curious. You really do want to talk to these people. And uh, your, your kind of mission statement, I think, is let's find common ground. Let's find stuff that we can talk about. Um, and I mean, I've heard you talk to 
you know, uh, on your podcast, like Lena Dunham, like a celebrity, but I've also heard you talk to people who've done time in prison, people who've been through some stuff that, you know, maybe a lot of people don't, would never encounter someone like this. And you're talking to them, you're really listening and you're really trying to connect. And to me, that's what makes it work. Thanks, man. I mean, look, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so deeply grateful for the people that come on. And, and the fact of the matter is, is the vast majority of the folks that I have come on have never done anything like this before. And I know I'm asking a lot. And almost every single person that I've had on, I have a very, very deep, uh, uh, a close relationship with, and we have real history with each other. So I understand that I'm asking them to do something that they're not entirely comfortable with, but I do genuinely believe in each person in their story. I think I've just been so, it, it, the sort of kernel of it just came out of being deeply, deeply frustrated with just the state of, of discourse in this country. I mm -hmm. felt that um, everything is agenda driven. So many of the, the, the major issues that we talk about are sort of being led and discussed by people who have no real experience in that issue. And, yep, yep. Uh, you know, a, a big part of it was coming out of COVID. You know, my cousin, uh, Adam Schlesinger from the band of, uh, uh, from the band Fountains of Wayne, he, he passed really early in COVID. Mm -hmm. uh, way too young, left two daughters behind. Um, and it really kind of, it hit our family very, very quickly and, and, and right off the bat. So we were very serious of sort of staying, staying isolated up in Ojai and, 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 and we really weren't leaving for any reason. And then, um, you know, when George Floyd came around, uh, you, you know, in that, uprising started, I really wanted to be a part of it. And, and, and I saw what happened, uh, to Mr. Floyd as we all did. And, um, I was disgusted. I was horrified. And look, I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I'm someone who's, who's been beat up by the police before. Uh, you know, I, I'm someone who, um, has a little bit of experience with that. And, um, I remember exactly where I was when I saw the Rodney King tape. I remember exactly where I was where, when I heard that verdict. And these were sort of key moments in my life. Um, so I was out there and I wanted to be out there. Um, but at the same time I turn on CNN and I turn on Fox news and I would see these protests and I would see people throwing bottles at police officers yeah. and people in riot gear. And each person under that mask to me is also a, a father, a mother, a brother and sister. I have really, really good friends in law enforcement, close lifelong friends. So every time I'd go out, I'd also go by a district or a police station and show my, my, my support there. And it just seemed like there was this vacuum where I couldn't be for both things, where it couldn't, where you had to pick a, a side. Yeah, yeah. And, and for me, folks who really walk the walk. They don't just talk about it. They have deep respect and even reverence for folks that are on the quote unquote other side because they're rubbing elbows with them. They're working with them every day. My friends who are police officers down in Newton have deep, deep respect for the community. My friends who are in the community down in South Central, down in the Pueblos, they see things that police officers do every day that they have deep respect for. Of course, there's times where they're completely on the other side and there's a lot of anger and there's a lot of hostility. But these people are actually in the middle of it. And my whole idea was let's bring folks on that walk the walk. Don't just talk about it and let's yeah. hear their stories and let's see that they care about what their kids are doing. They care about their families. They want what's best for this country too. And what I find is all this agenda driven, we're on one side or the other. That's really, that's really a discussion for people. 
who, who don't, who have the luxury of sort of staying in the safe sidelines, but the right. folks that are there in the middle, they've got way bigger fish to fry. And again, they're constantly looking for these points of connection. And, um, it's been, um, it's been a fascinating ride. We have, you know, teachers and surgeons and, uh, police officers and, uh, inmates and, uh, special forces soldiers and nurses and, uh, firefighters. And, um, but again, each one of them are people that are deeply, deeply respected from the community that they're in. I think their story, it, it, their stories are fascinating. And, 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 and most of all, um, you know, we're really connected. They're people I really, really know. And so the sort of leap of faith I'm asking you to take is that when I say this person is a, you know, quote unquote, real one, you got to trust me on it. Well, that's the thing is I've noticed when I listen to it, and this is what I found compelling. Sometimes you'd be talking to somebody and I could tell they had never, they, they weren't familiar with microphone. I mean, meaning they, you know, most everybody I talk to knows how to speak into a microphone. Not that it's a hard thing to know, but there's a shyness almost that comes when you're talking to, you know, uh, a firefighter or a nurse or, or someone who's, you know, just come out of prison, their approach to it is not like a, like a broadcast or a performer or someone who's been on a, a press junket. They're approaching the microphone sometimes in a little bit of a different way and sure. they're quieter. And I find that that pulls me in yeah. because I know that what I'm, you're capturing uh, an authentic person here and you're not trying to get them to be something they're not. Um, and, and, is, and their motive is not, you know, their they're motive not is selling, not, they're, and not they're not selling, selling anything. anything. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think it's, it's, it's a very trepidatious and very, I mean, a lot of these folks, I mean, I, I, my one friend who's a smoke jumper, you know, a career forest firefighter, you know, we've been talking for weeks about coming on and look, he's a guy who, you know, when the forest fires come I, I, up in Ohio, you know, I've, I've fled from the forest fires, uh, yeah. fled. What is it? Fleet, fled. Anyway, fled. Just um, get your, get the fuck out of there. <laughs> <laughs> we can all agree that that's the correct terminology. But that's what you do. That's what one does. But he goes right into it and, yeah, and, yeah. and, and was really part of the reason that kept our town safe from the Thomas fire. But he's very, very trepidatious and worried about coming on. He has something that he wants to say. He wants to talk about the PTSD that's run rampant in firefighters and that sure. there's really not been, you know, we talk about in soldiers, we're starting to talk about it a lot in law enforcement, but not for these guys and what they see every single day and that they're sent right back out to the field. And so he, he's got something he wants to share, but uh, yeah, there's no... There's no, uh, there's not a lot of practice. There's not a lot, there's, there's nothing slick about it. And um, look, it's part of the reason why, um, you know, we, we, we also make it doubly hard because there's cameras too. And, right. and I think that that's part of the experience, you know, really seeing these people open up, seeing what's really important to them. And uh, again, I just have so much respect and reverence and, 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 and genuine love for the, for the people that I come, that, that, that come on. The other thing is um, when you're talking to people like that, the fact that they're not always eager is a sign to me of also authenticity. For sure. Because there are so many people in our culture that are like, come on, it's my, I want my camera time or I want my podcast time because I've got a story to tell. And that's fine. But there are so many people out there who um, are incredibly courageous people with amazing stories to tell. And almost their reticence uh, to me makes them uh, more valuable, more special somehow, because they're not promoting themselves. Couldn't agree you know? with you more. They're Couldn't not, agree with you more. Um, I've tried many times to go on the real ones and they've said, I've done <laughs> no. nothing brave. No, you That's haven't. I have. No, John has said, you've done, you've exhibited no bravery <laughs> and not you're true. not an authentic person. Come on, yeah. Come on, and, come on right. man. Uh, right. And I said, right. uh, you know, uh, I'm, very right. I think I've, you're brave in your, your self-promotion. 
you know, yes, and thank your, you. your shamelessness. Yes, you thank you. See, and you know what, John, that's, John, yeah. that's a form. I think that's what you're missing. You know, you look at me and you see a guy who, yes, flees long before the fire even broke out. Yeah. <laughs> and probably started the fire. I'm, yeah, <laughs> maybe started it. And also I'm just constantly fleeing in case there is danger. Yeah, well. And you're looking at a guy and you're thinking like, yeah, he's not. But I think in my shameless self-promotion, I am a hero. Yeah, well, I didn't say oh, hero. hero. I said, oh, I'm a courageous. You know what? No I'm, one said oh, hero. Oh, I no. thought no. I heard hero. No, no. one said that. You know that. what? I think it's the microphone. Eduardo, check the microphones. Because <laughs> I <laughs> sometimes I hear hero headphones. when someone's saying coward. <laughs> Stop that. We would love to have you on. <laughs> you would love it. <laughs> you know, I would like to just like completely changing topics, sure. but I know that you've been, you know, trained as a fighter and I'm just was thinking to myself, I know I'm long in the tooth, but there are times in my life where I think maybe now I could, I could, yeah, I could pick it up. Maybe I could pick it up now. I'm not even kidding. Are you Cause being it's, serious? It's, Cause it's such a great workout. <laughs> you analyze me, could. analyze me as a fighter. I'm, I've got would, the height and the reach. That reach that you got the, you, you got those long arms. Right. I would want nothing to do with you, man. I no, like, but, but, like, but wait I, a like seeing you in the gym. If you just walked in, I would look at the le length is a serious, serious thing. And I, and, and Sony, here's what I'll tell you. I am, but you can, you can John, punch someone me. in the face. John Bernthal is telling me well, that I have it to why do you have to punch someone in the face? Why can't he just punch a bag or hit a hand pack and, and start that? training? Oh, I, there are, no, there are some people to, I really we'll want to hit. We'll to, get there. That's always one of them's in this room. <laughs> hey, <That's, yeah. laughs> but I'm scrappy. I love for dope. Yeah, I would love to see the two of you. My punch. problem is, I think I it would be. Could circle. I take a punch? You know, I think you could, man. I think you could. I think it's a, a lot of. I got my mental. nose smashed in. Uh, it, I got jumped by some by a bunch of people uh, when I was a. What was I had graduated high school and it was before I started college and I wandered into sort of a dicey neighborhood in Boston and I realized I was in a neighborhood I was supposed to be in. Mm -hmm. And I was wearing a t-shirt that had the Irish flag on it, <laughs> which I, I'm not kidding. That had been a gift from my uncle who had been to Ireland and it yeah. had the Irish flag on yeah. it. I wasn't thinking about it, but yeah. apparently I was in an Italian neighborhood. Oh, and uh, so um, I got my nose smashed in uh, by uh, some fellows <laughs> who didn't like who didn't like the cut of my jib. That's how yeah. I described them to the police. <laughs> who hit you, Mr. Bunn? They were these fellows! <clears throat> they didn't like the cut of my jib. But, um, but after that, I thought like, man, I, you know, and the police were asking me like, well, what'd you do? And you realize you're about to get hit. Like what stance did you go into? And I went stance. <laughs> Cause I'm told I had been a little bit of a wise guy. To yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, what's crazy about that is you actually told me that the first time That's I right. ever did your show, you said, because we talked about the size of my deformed, just a, a disgusting excuse for a nose and how many times it had been broken. And then you said to yes. me, and then, and, and then in the, the pause in the commercial break, I leaned over to, and I've always been so intrigued about what the help people actually talk about in those moments because besides with you it's always been a super super awkward conversation i've had no but we had that a great one, conversation but, but that one i i went over to you and i said hey man those guys that hit you do you think they now know that they hit you and you looked at me like i was the like and you were like dude it was before it was like before i was in college i just said that and i and then the next time i saw you i tried to bring it up with you but i think i kind of failed again man you and, didn't and fail no no i think i just was thinking like no those guys have no idea but you don't think that now they beat up conor bryant and no? if they did they'd I be like good you know, you are a memorable huh. figure. A memorable yeah. figure, yeah. man. It's yeah. going on, right? But, yeah. uh, we beat up uh -huh. a giant, very pale, kind of redheaded guy. And then, <laughs> I don't, 
do they beat so many well, people up that they don't remember? That's, that's they might. The I don't that's know. That's the rub. If they're yeah. hitting them just for the fl- but you know there could have been other reasons that they hit you, which could have been you know your size, your you know other also, things. They Thanks. asked for money, and I said no, and they said why not, and I said I don't feel like it. And the time between me putting the period on don't feel like the T yeah. of don't feel like yeah. it, I didn't even see it coming. Yeah. It was like bang, bang, bang. And then the anti-Italian word that you threw at him right before you yes. did that. I swear to God, I did not do that. Then I would have had it coming. But uh, but um, the, the funny part of the story to me is that my mom got called and she was at work. And the person who called her from like the emergency room, because I just walked to an emergency room and just blood everywhere. And I and she, the person who called her said, uh, we have your son here, Conan. He was attacked by a mob. <laughs> and she said attacked by a mob. And my mom went, yeah, okay, I'm coming. <laughs> didn't even question. Knew that like, yeah, that wise guy. I'm sure it. a mob. Uh, she didn't question it at all. She's like, yep, I'm on my way. Were you by yourself? I was with a friend of mine I who see. I later, uh, who I... Um, didn't see for many, 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 many years. And then a couple of years ago, my friend John uh, and I reconnected. And one of the first things we talked about was, I said, you were there that day. And he's like, oh yeah, I remember. You know, you were, you were being a little bit of a wise guy. (laughs) So it was you, skinny, tall you in an Irish flag t-shirt walking through what I imagine is like the Robert De Niro version of God. Yeah, it was 1917. Yeah, it was 1917. And Fanucci drove by in a a Model A. And uh, he just wanted to wet wet his beak. (laughs) He just wanted to wet his beak, you know? He didn't want too much. Um, Yeah, we were, it was through... That's amazing. That's amazing. But anyway, uh, I think that's when I realized like, no, it is a great form of exercise. And I've always, I grew up as one of six, a couple of brothers and constant like fake fighting, but also real fighting, wrestling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that has been my relationship with a lot of other males in my life has been, and my son um, even when he was a little kid, I would, when I see him, I would chase him and tackle him and we would roughhouse. I don't do it now because over COVID, he uh, grew to be exactly my height. He's 6'4", <laughs> and he's really fucking strong. And so now when I, quote, have a fun wrestle with my son, suddenly my head is going through a wall. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, okay, maybe we're going to, let's, let's play uh, Hungry That's Hungry Hippos. Yeah. That's Take it to him. So yeah. I need you to help Call me. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, going to yeah, be yeah. my, just yeah. tell me where to, you know, you're encouraging me. You're saying I could go, I could work on a speed bag. I, there is literally a gym right down, Steve Petromali's gym is right down the street he's the best in the world you could start training there you you would you would never regret it and you would whoop the snot out of your son when you're done you know what this is the best podcast (laughs) episode we've ever done you should not be empowered any more than you are I know I'm worried about what's gonna happen but also John keep in mind I use the old style (laughs) I I am a turn of the century boxer you're a full on pugilist I can see it man I have a sash tied around my waist I'm bare chested fake mustache it curls up on the side yeah Yeah. Yeah. I uh, uh, I, I, years ago when I hosted Saturday Night Live, I, I had an, I, there was, I told them the writers beforehand, there's one sketch I want to do. I want to play an Irish boxer. Um, I think you can look at it. It was being, I think it was in the year 2000, but I, I play a boxer who boxes this style, <laughs> but I'm going against a real boxer That's and amazing. it's just me getting pummeled, <laughs> Con, you know, but I'm, I'm doing this and bouncing up and I've always thought, what would it be like if a guy... Tried yeah, to do doing, that. Man? Tried to do that today against like Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, 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 <laughs> you know? yeah. Come here, Floyd. I'll give you a pasting. Come step in, Floyd. 
I'll show you. I'll give you some creamed corn. You know, that kind of bullshit. Oh my God. Oh, I love it, man. I love uh, it. So, corn. Yeah, that's, that's it. my favorite insult. I'll give you some creamed corn. Okay, you're going to get beat up so bad. So that's that's what you said to the Italian. That's probably what I said to the Italian. Step up, fellows. Yeah. I'll give you some creamed corn. Kabang! 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 <laughs> Mrs. O'Brien, your son's been Italian. I know, by a mob. Yeah. The creamed yeah. corn thing. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like John didn't do a damn thing, huh? Yeah, really. John was smart. It yeah. happened. Qu- it was. It happened fast. Yeah. So there wasn't much, and I'm not on John at all because this was not a long fight. Yeah, yeah. Fair this enough. was like this uh, was not a fight. This was like this was not a fight fair at enough. all. This was. I was a a, uh, a giant uh, Hummel figurine, <laughs> and I think there was one or two punches, and I Got shattered. It. And then John had a dustpan, <laughs> picked up the pieces, and took me to the emergency Got room. It. So uh, yeah, John. John was very nice. He took good care of me after <laughs> I had <laughs> quickly inflicted all the damage. On myself. Listen, if you're one of these Italian uh, youths that remember yeah. hitting youths, Conan right. O'Brien back then, yeah, if you want to come on the real ones, yes, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. By the way, that's right. I'm gonna. You're not. Even, and John's not even gonna I'm, call me I'm and say they tracked him down. Man. John, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna just hear like we got someone on today. He uh, he took some wrong turns <laughs> back in the day in Boston. Uh, he punched out Conan O'Brien, yeah. but you know what? He's a guy who made his mistakes. He's owned, and you're not even gonna give me a heads up. <laughs> Right. <laughs> anyway, uh, just to show our appreciation for you coming on the show, we bought you a Dodge Charger. It's out front. <laughs> I'm gonna call you. Wait, you gave uh, him a car? Uh, hey, he's like a good guy. Yeah, man. He's going through it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you do you do your podcast uh, wherever, right? Do you do you go to the, do you go to them to do your podcast? A, a little of everything. So there's a, um, a a biker bar restaurant called the Deer Lodge in Ojai, which is which is wonderful. We've done a lot there, and then we. We've, um, we've done some out of my house, um, but yeah, we go a lot. We've, we've, we've been doing a, a series, uh, out of Calipatria state prison, which has just been fascinating. Um, we've, we've had, you full, go to the prison, we go to the prison. We've had uh, full access of, of, you know, all the yards and the, the, um, we've been able to go into the, the housing units and, um, you know, that's just been most of what we've been doing there is, is talking to this community of guys there. It's called the LWAP community guys who are serving life without parole. And it's really beautiful what these guys have done. They've, they've, they've kind of all banded together. They just really push each other and encourage each other to sort of try to find some sort of hope. And, 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 and um, they're in classes, they're in program, and it's really changed the entire kind of culture and mindset of the prison. I mean, these are guys who literally have living death sentences. Um, one of them, Brett May, he's gone and gotten all his degrees. He's now a paralegal. Um, he's just constantly working to, to make his family proud. And um, what, I, what I've seen more than anything is they just have this unbelievably cogent and, 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 uh, intimate relationship with the crime that they committed and with their victims. They, 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 they've gone through this, um, real process of, uh, of shame and, and, and explored every single ripple effect of, of, of the, the horrible things that they've done and, and who it's had an effect on and every breath they take, every, every, every moment of their life now is sort of living in service of that and, and in awareness of that. And they wear their crimes really with them. And I think it Again, it goes back to, to, to fatherhood. I, I, I'm sure you're sort of the same way, but, but, but for me, I know what it's like to be separated from, from my kids when I'm working and, 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 and that kind of pain. And it's a special kind of, you know, I go do a movie and, you know, I got to be all in because I'm, you know, that's kind of how I work. And, and there's this, this, this pain because you're missing out. There's also this shame with it because you're not there and, and, right. and, and, and this guilt. And, um, you know, it's really it taught me so much about 
parenthood, uh, there's no way you can tell me that these folks don't love their kids and, yeah. and aren't completely committed. And, and, and even though they literally can only see them in these sort of, you know, mandated, you, you know, termed visiting hours, um, every single second, the, 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 these, these families and the, the, these men have their kids on their minds. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing to see. And it's a real exploration of redemption. And, and in no way am I trying with any of these people to say, Hey, this is the way, or, Hey, yeah. let's get, but it's, it's just, Hearing people talk and, and and hearing their stories and hearing where they're coming from, I really feel, you know, that, that, that all of us feel hopeless at some times. And let's let's look at somebody who really experiences it in in, in a daily way, and they they're finding hope, and they're using certain techniques to find that hope. And and again, that's now permeated all through the prison community, and it's it's been a beautiful thing to uh, behold. And and uh, I real I really feel honored that I I get to be there. You know, it's interesting because when you talk about trying to bridge these gaps and and seeing how polarized things are. I think we all noticed that someone used a really good word for it, which is people are siloed, meaning the way a missile is in a silo. If you're, uh, you know, on the far right, you're in your silo. And if you're on the far left, you're in your silo and there's no interaction between That's the right. two. And I think, I keep thinking, what is the basis of that? And what I, I keep thinking, I have this idea recently that I'm thinking about, which is I'm tired of people pretending that it's simple when it's life is extremely complicated. That's it. And I think more and more that, and I'm talking about both sides, if you're on the far right and you're watching that kind of media, everyone is saying, it's really simple. Here's what we have to do. We have to get back to the good old days. And it can be, you know, the, the, here are the six things we have to do. And it's very simple. And that feels wrong to me. And then I look at the, sometimes the far left and they're saying the same thing, which is, it's really very simple. These are the six things we have to do. And I think it is incredibly complicated. And so I just like it when I talk to people who admit it's complicated. Life is complicated. Solutions are complicated. So we need to be listening to each other. Maybe let the person finish their sentence before you cut them off and say, no, you're wrong. It's really simple. People don't have the answers. And, and there's something really refreshing in, 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 in hearing that. And I think, you know, when we go into that prison again, and you start talking to some of the guards, some of the people that have worked there for years, years, decades, wounds, stab wounds all over for when it was a really violent place. And, 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 and when things were all completely divided racially, uh, uh, they still can can point to times where they saw things in the inmate population that they have deep, deep respect for right. and vice versa. It's a community. Those people, they don't have the luxury of not working it out. They have to work it out. And to me, I think, you know, we've been reduced, as you said, I love the way you say it about silos. It's so easy. It's so comfortable just saying, okay, well, they're the bad guys. We're the good guys. They're idiots. And so they're and idiots. It's so easy. Yeah, and, and we're, yeah. you know, human beings were driven for things to be comfortable, but anything in this, your, your, your career, you know, any athlete's career, fighter's career, uh, a, a doctor, a lawyer, anybody that's that's achieved anything, you know, has gone through a little bit of pain. It's been difficult. It's been, it's, it's, it, you got to, you got, you got to dig into that. You got to dig into the wound. And I think all this sort of flag waving from either side, all this bombast and this rhetoric saying it's them, it's them, it's them. Um, I, I can't think of, I can't think of anything less American. And I think the thing that mm -hmm. frustrates me is that patriotism and, and, and masculinity for that matter is getting confused with being completely steadfast in your views, right. saying, I'm not going to bend. I'm not going to change. It's my way or the highway. When to me, that is literally the definition of cowardice. That is literally the most un-American. Well, that's sit down with somebody. That's one of the things that say. I think is really good as you talk about 
uh, masculinity a lot. That comes up a lot. Does not come up on this podcast. <laughs> For reasons that still escape me. Um, no, but but seriously, John, like you, you, you talk about it and I think you have, um, it's a great vantage point you have because you can talk about it from this place of having experienced, you know, or having experience with toxic masculinity or people thinking that about you because of, you know, whatever difficulties you've had in the past or the, or the fighting or whatever, they can just think like, oh, this guy's, this is the point of view this guy's going to be coming at me from. And then for you to talk about how that is a, can be a toxic formula and is not the answer gives you an authority in that. I think that other people, it, it gives you a power to talk about that subject that maybe other people don't have. You know Look, I, mean? I, I don't know if I have any any power in it. And, and I don't, I, honestly, with the the, the 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 sort of terms that people throw out there, I, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm no authority on that. I know that I'm a father and, yep. and I'm a father of two boys. And, and I know the kind of men that I want them to grow up to be and the kind of young men I want them to be. And I know the kind of models of masculinity that I want them to see. And I think, you know, sometimes I've, I've, I've talked about this before and I think sometimes it gets confusing. And I think that I don't know, I do believe in, in discipline. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm somebody, my, my, my kids, you, you know, they, they practice martial arts. They know, you, you know, they, 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 um, know how to handle themselves in the woods. You know, they, I, 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 I really think it's enormously important, not for them, but also just as equally important for my daughter to be able to defend themselves and to be able to yeah, handle themselves yeah. and to like, these things are these sort of cornerstones of, I think, you know, classic masculinity are super, super important, but equally important is being kind, is being mm -hmm. empathetic, is to stand up for somebody who has less rights than you, somebody who's being picked on, somebody who's being put into the corner, somebody who's just sad, uh, you, you know, um, getting in touch with uh, a, a side of them that, that that's softer, having the courage to do that, to, to um, you know, I, I had a guy on, on, on my show that I've just learned so much from, a dear friend of mine named Kevin Vance, who's a, a Navy SEAL and a, a firefighter and just one of the... Just, just this wonderful human being. And, and he talks about the code of the samurai and how they, yeah, they, they, they knew how to fight and they knew how to use swords and they were warriors, but they also had to get in touch with their quote unquote feminine side and, and, and their ability to do calligraphy and to dance and to cook and to garden. Mm -hmm. And that these things are all equally important and, and, and to be well-rounded. But again, when it's confused with being hardened or being uh, a picking on somebody or, or, or again saying it's my way or the highway to me that is that reeks of such fear and, and such insecure, insecurity, insecurity. Yep. and it's a yep. it's a classic rule in the boxing gym I've, I've said it before when you come into steve petromali's gym you're gonna see <laughs> oh i'm coming in. i know you are and, and i'm the, coming in hard i know man well well look, the, my point is is that in the box in any boxing gym in this country you can see it the guy who's the loudest, the guy with the brightest color clothes, the guy who's kind of, you know, dancing around. That's me. That's that is, all three. Well, look, I think that will change because I think that that, that that is almost always the guy you don't need to worry about. Yeah. But it is the guy who smiles yeah. at you and shakes right, your hand right, and nods yeah. and says, hey, man, you want to move a little bit? Like, eh, uh, you got you to deal with this guy. I'm and coming in wearing uh, bright shamrock let's go. Shorts. shorts. Let's go. And an actual peacock tail. Let's yeah, go. a peacock tail <laughs> and a monocle. Um, I love it, man. Uh, listen, I want to get the, make sure I get help get the word out because uh, your podcast is doing well. Real Ones is uh, available wherever people get their podcasts, right? Yeah, everywhere. Yes, yeah, Spotify. And uh, John Bernthal, Real Ones. And it's very refreshing. Thanks. Because you're talking to real people about real things and you do have the touch. You are able to connect with these people. I think that's Thanks, very man. cool. 
And, um, you know, if you ever need help out there in the world, you know, if you get into a tight corner and you need a guy to Oh. Come in and swing nope. these not, these not meat him. hooks around. Not him. Not <laughs> don't call me. Yeah. <laughs> what? Don't call me because I'm a terrible. <laughs> I do not have your back. I don't come on. <laughs> that is beautiful. That I is just, beautiful. I'm being honest. Yeah, I want to end man. honestly. I love it. I I'm love a it. kicker. I'm a guy who kicks and then runs. That's great. Yeah. A little I, scratch maybe. A, scr <laughs> a slap. I, I can't make a fist, yeah, uh, yeah. but I slap and then I run. I'm I a slap it. and run guy. I love it. And uh, But anyway, John, um, just uh, a huge fan. Thanks, so nice of you to come in and uh, proud to know you, really. You're doing good right work. I got you, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you, guys. Conor Brian Needs a Friend is sponsored by ADT, introducing ADT Self-Setup. Featuring everything from motion sensors to Google Nest Cam and the Nest doorbell with a battery or wired option. Your choice. Easily install the ADT self-setup security system at your convenience. You don't need heavy-duty tools. And if you do need help, ADT can provide virtual assistance along the way. Self-setup from ADT grows, moves, and adapts as your needs change. You can add more products at any time, and your system easily moves wherever life takes you. It also features Nest Cams. They can tell the difference between a person, an animal, a vehicle, or with the Nest doorbell, even a package. These things are getting so smart. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. You can view video of an alarm event and verify or cancel an alarm with just one quick tap. Now, everyone can get trusted security from ADT installed your way with no long-term contracts. When the most trusted name in home security adds the intelligence of Google, well, <laughs> you've got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. Google, Nest Cam, Nest Doorbell, and Nest Aware are all trademarks of Google LLC. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform. And one source of truth. This is unbelievable. I've been talking about this idea for years. I know. I want you to explain it more. I can. Okay. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required access from anywhere. I had this idea years ago. <laughs> I was telling people no one listened to me. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems. Remember when I said that? Yeah. Because you've got one unified, unified business, business management, management suite. suite. You yes. said that. Yeah. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math, man. Yeah. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash Conan, NetSuite.com slash Conan. I'm going to say it one more time just for emphasis, NetSuite.com. Slash Conan. Well, I just have to say it. Uh, everybody here in the studio has what I call Bernthal fever. Yep. Um, ladies, very happy that he stopped by. Oh, yeah. But I got to say this. He's a man's man. Yeah. So the men, uh, very pleased to have him here. Eduardo, I saw you. Uh, yeah, I was, uh, I was impressed. <laughs> Okay, now t tell us what impressed you about John Bernthal. <laughs> Very charismatic dude. Mm -hmm. The veins that stuck yes. out of this guy's mm -hmm. neck when, when he was relaxed. <laughs> yes. Right, right. He's so strong. Taut. Taut. 
that he has just veins protruding out of his neck and it's just, they're there. I, I've never heard, I'm sorry, I didn't know this was a thing and I'm constantly, uh, my life has been a series of humiliations, obviously, but um, I'm constantly hearing about aspects that a dude, that women like, that a guy has. And I think, wait, we have to have that. Like I knew oh, we're supposed to have broad shoulders and we're supposed to work out and have arms and all these things that I neglected to do. But then when I hear, Oh yeah, he has veins in his neck. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't well, know. Okay, I'm sorry, I don't have veins in my neck. We didn't know that's what we that wanted until we saw John Berthal in, in here and he had them. And then I was like, okay. Not only do well, I maybe not, he's got high blood pressure. Should yeah. we be worried about it? <laughs> right. No, what if no, he, he doesn't. Not you only do I doesn't. not have neck veins that show, I might not even have veins in my neck. You know what? You know, I, I'm with you on this. Yeah. Um, I went and had an MRI recently. They found no veins in my body. They said the blood is just sloshing around <laughs> loosely. And they said that I was, uh, they, they did. They said I was technically more jellyfish than man. <laughs> they true. said I'm a big bag, a six foot four bag and stuff is sloshing around inside. Yeah. And then John Bernthal comes in here with actual veins. Yeah. And suddenly I'm the loser? Well, do you think John Bernthal would compare himself to a jellyfish? No. You're, the things that you say sometimes, it's like, come on, dude. Okay, well, so I understand I'm no Bernthal. I get it. I was impressed too. I really like the guy a lot. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, that's a guy, I want him at my side when the apocalypse comes. Yeah. Because I've seen him mm -hmm. in action yeah. in all these different shows that he's done and all these different roles that he's done. This guy knows how to handle himself. He's the real deal. He's the real deal. I want him at my side. Right. My friends now, who I love, I love my friends. They've been my friends for like 30 years. Yeah. But you know that like Rodman, Greg, if, there, if trouble breaks out, all three of us are going to faint at the same time. You're going to faint. And then <laughs> what are you going to, how are you going to like, how, what are you going to contribute to society? Like a sitcom? Yeah. <laughs> With no cameras. Yeah, there'll be no cameras left and no actors. And the three of us will be in the woods making something kind of arch and witty. Uh, and and we'll say, this is what we have to, and then three, like three arrows go into us simultaneously. And uh, oh my God. we're eaten, we're eaten. Our protein is robbed from our bodies. Uh, but- my thing is that, yeah, he's, I saw Eduardo, uh, Blay, I saw you gazing at him. And Blay, you were the one who, to be fair, before he showed up, and I'm trying to psych myself for the interview, you said, you know what, I love him. He's so the opposite of you, Conan. Yeah. Why would you say that? Uh, well, I, you know, I love his work, obviously. Uh, oh, so that's why he's the opposite of me. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Uh, but I will say, and I don't, I'm trying to think of a way to say this that's not going to come off Just go bad. for it. Just go for he's it. He's got such like... First of all, he's also very funny. Yeah. Yep. Very chill, cool energy. He mm -hmm. just smiles at you and your 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 chest just opens up. Now, I, I'm oh. not saying around you that I'm not always on my guard and you give off this energy that maybe is it's like being near high voltage lines. Yeah. Yeah. But he's just I, I felt just like I was just melted. Didn't he like didn't, yeah. just being around him? He's he just, intense. He's he did. Just chill Blade did and, say if they were going to do a remake of Twins, they would do it with you and John Bernthal. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of Schwarzenegger and DeVito, yeah. John Bernthal would be the Schwarzenegger yeah. and I would be the DeVito. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't take that as an insult at all. I admire uh, I, I admire DeVito a great deal. I think he's a terrific performer I, and actor, and I'd be happy to fill his shoes. Completely agree. I just think it's what you're saying is that I give off uh, an electrical charge 
that makes you tense. And right now you're clenching. <laughs> Your whole yeah. body is clenching. I'm nervous yeah. you're gonna like, I know you're, I'm out of arm's reach, but I'm still nervous you're gonna come around the table. Hold on, I'm trying to see if I could reach you. No, I can't. Oh. Uh, I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I, I always identify people who, we always look towards what we're not. And I'm like mm. looking at John Bernthal and I'm thinking, yes. yeah, he's got some groundedness that I don't have. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure, please God, have this be true. That there are some qualities I have that that John wishes he had. That's not happening right now, is it? No, there are. It's John's like, driving home. So John's driving home right now. John's driving home, thinking like, "There's no quality Conan has that I oh, want." No, no, there no, no. Is. I, but but I, what I'm saying is, uh, I I do understand why everyone here is smitten with John. It's the Bernthal. same thing with Goldblum. There's an otherworldly X factor. Like he's yes. Bernthal's got old school Hollywood charisma. Yes, like yep. yes, he does. Bogey or even he reminds me of Fred Ward. Do you remember that actor that recent? Oh, Reno Williams strikes again. Uh, well, well, actually, also, the Arena actually, no, it's Rima Williams. The adventure begins. Okay. Let's just, uh, oh my God. <laughs> I almost took my own life right there. <laughs> wow. I think of him in the right stuff. Yes, yes exactly. Tremors. Yeah, tremors. Yeah, yeah, Tremors. Yeah. yeah. Great actor. Oh. Yeah, no, he has that kind of, <laughs> he has that kind of energy. But it's but like, and, and you also see it in Remo Williams, Here We Go. Okay, so, it's, uh, it's not real, it's not real. Wait, it's not, real. It's not even a joke about it. Don't even joke about it. No, what's it called? It's called Remo Williams, The Adventure Begins. I think that's what I said. Oh, that's not what you said. No. Well, anyway, he's in Tremors, he's in Right Stuff, and uh, Remo Williams, one more time oh, around. Cast a deadly spell. Okay, yeah. fine, but let's just go back a little and correct our errors here. Okay. Remo Williams gets it done no. every time, and let's have <laughs> Fun's fun. Fun's fun. We're having fun. <laughs> okay, but let's let's take this seriously. Okay, I think I think what I thought was cool about him. I mean, all the a lot of the actors are like, oh, I had a theater background and I went to like school for it and stuff. But then he comes and he's like, oh, yeah, I got beat up by people. Yeah. I got beat yeah. up. I fought a lot of people. Yeah. And that's just like, yeah. that's just cool. Well, can I say something? And I want to just stress to our listeners, I don't think one should try to get beat up. I just don't. I, mm. I think, and Sona's putting the message out there to a lot of impressionable that's young people just listening. cool to get just beat up. No, Look, I, I didn't mean it like that. No, but you know what I mean? You know that I've been in many a scrape in my no, day. No, you haven't. And, you talk and, about the one fight you've no, 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 been no, in. No, no, I've been in countless. I because I can't remember them all. So <laughs> How many times I've woken no. up on a floor with glass it's in my ear? No, that's a it's different. It's the one glass where they smashed your nose. The, the, they smashed your nose in. That's yeah. the one fight you've you've been in. That's okay. Yeah, there's think, nothing wrong. With it wasn't that. even a fight. And it's going to turn out later on that I fell asleep in front of an Acer computer. <laughs> I remember one time you told us <laughs> and, you got, and, and fell on the keyboard. You got a big gash in your leg because uh, I was carrying trash and somebody put a tuna fish can in the. In oh the, my god! Yes. That yeah. doesn't count. Oh you shouldn't even say that story. You I got me punched feel like John once. Bernthal. I got punched once. <laughs> one time, my mother said you have to take out the trash. I was wearing shorts. And someone had put a tuna fish can in the trash bag, and it like chunked, you do, and it chunked up against my. I still have the scar there. Um, I, I had appendicitis. Oh my god! Um, oh my and god. Uh, and I had shingles in one eye. These are <laughs> so. Don't tell me I haven't been in my share of scrapes. In How my do you time. not know the authentic title to Remo Williams? <laughs> yeah, I've constantly. <laughs> <laughs> I've constantly been in the shit. <laughs> constantly, constantly been in the shit. And you had shingles in one eye. <laughs> yes, I did. So you had shingle? I had shingle <laughs> in one eye. And tell me that wasn't the equivalent of being in a massive prison oh brawl. <laughs> you know? Oh, God. Uh, 
I've gotten into it, and I'll get into it again. God. I'm a real a brawler, a king mixer. Once I use the, once you see these ham hocks coming your way, you best find cover. That's what I say. Oh man, oh, I'm getting God. the sign to rap. Nothing more intimidating than a rhymer. <laughs> <laughs> that guy just rhymed. We better get the fuck out of here. Uh, hey, it worked for Ali. That's, That's all they feared was That's his rhymes. True. Oh my God. All right. Uh, trust me, I'm an amazing brawler. Let's just leave it at that. Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend with Conan O'Brien, Sonam Obsessian, and Matt Gorley. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Joanna Solitaroff, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering by Will Beckton. Additional production support by Mars Melnick. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review read on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Hey guys, Sean Hayes here. Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and I had a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to sit down with not one, not two, but three presidents of the United States on our recent episode of Smartless. That's because President Biden, a returning guest, brought two of his favorite pals, former Presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, all joined us for unforgettable conversation. It's a historic episode of Smartless as we pry into the minds of these remarkable leaders. We'll cover everything from their time in office, America's responsibilities in the world, and their personal passions in an episode full of some candid stories, insightful perspectives, and a few surprises along the way. Whether you're a political junkie or just curious about the inner workings of the Oval Office, this episode is a must listen. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to hear from three of the most influential figures in recent American history. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. (laughs) 